it will be. Ro- oh, there we are. Okay. Uh, so, hey, uh, this is, I think, probably the last episode we'll be recording this year. It is uh, December 18th, 2017, by my calendars. Not using the Mayan calendar. Using the old, uh, what is this, modified Julian Gregorian or something? I lost track. I've been reading that Sapiens book. Now, you read that, right, Brandon? Yeah, I love that book. Now, is this book basically building up a case for just, like, scientific nihilism? I'm so hoping the end is basically just like, <laughs> and therefore, there is no meaning in life. Toodles! Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe you could say, I think in the end, uh, the summary of the book is just, uh, yeah, I would just come back to, uh, you know, the book just summarizes down, like, hey, you know, human beings like narratives. We use narratives for good and for bad. And uh, everything that we kind of come up with is just really made up at the end of the day. So that's it. That's all it comes down to. It's like, so everything. But it, it, I like it because he just, because you're like, well, he just gives like a million examples, like money made up, religion made up, morals yeah. made up. And it just goes on and on and on. So uh, I guess that gets to nihilism, which I'm always like, well, yeah. what does that mean? You know? So I guess, yeah, if you just keep going, I guess it gets you there, or at least a justification for it. He's like, sapiens. And uh, it's all going to end. Uh, eat at Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no mention of Arby's in it. Yeah, because his oh, second man. book, his second book is, uh, I think it's like Beyond. Oh no, it's Homo du- du- Duo or something. Day, anyway, that that he does uh, talk a lot about AI and like, uh. you know, and just like basically how AI, you know, when it gets so smart, yeah, it just won't care about. It. It's just like we don't care about chickens, you know, something like yep, that. So. Yeah. So listen, that happy. part is like, that is definitely the darker part. So if you're, if you want to just like, if you don't, maybe hold off to read that after Christmas. Oh. After Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, maybe it's a little, uh, pre-spoiler, but I, I've been reading some of the, the, uh, the living carpet author again, Kote. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite. <laughs> and he's got some, some uh, short story collection with some, some AI stuff that gets kind of dark and like. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, this isn't, this isn't pleasant. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm in the, uh, Elon Musk. I'm in the exploration part of that book where he talks about why, uh, why was it that the, um, I like, I like how he renames Europe, Asia, Asia, Africa, which is that's nice. And then he's like, you know, why, why did this little peninsula of, of Afro Asia come up with, uh, the scientific method and start to rule everyone. And man, he just gets so close. He does one of those begging the question things where he's like, well, it's because they started to admit that they didn't know things and they were curious. And I maybe maybe I'll get to this part. I'm at like 73% or so. Maybe he'll be like, and here's why that happened. But thus far has not occurred. So, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Just because we admitted we don't knew things, we didn't know things, which which is great. Like, you know, maybe if he had, if he had, maybe, I don't know, maybe he said this, but like, one of the things I'm looking for is maybe he could say, because his point is, let's see if I can finish a sentence in under five minutes. Uh, he says, you had the uh, the Chinese empire, and then you got the the Ottomans, you know, the Middle Eastern empire, and, and they, they seem to be doing awesome. They were great. So why didn't they conquer the world? And then it's because uh, the Europeans could admit they didn't know things. And then, uh, and then I think, I think he never like gets around to saying why, but maybe he could say why, because their life sucked. And so they tried, you know, they were motivated to try something new. Then maybe that would uh, be convincing, but never, he never really comes up with something. So, so I just want to give two things. Quick update uh, from last episode. Uh, the, uh, the CFO of the Cote Scotat Group's lawyers 
I mean, the lawyers mm. for the CFO were much more clever than my lawyers. And I found out they just returned the iPad uh, without, without asking <laughs> me about it. So, oh, man. So that problem got solved uh, for me. Railroaded by, by now, illegal. Now, get this. Get this. As you may recall, we were buying a new iPad for my son. You know what my son is getting? He is getting an iPad Pro. A 10 point whatever what? inch. He's oh, getting an iPad Pro. Awesome. like a laptop. Because, awesome. because my wife was like, he's going to need a big screen. This is this is this is the benefits of not being a nerd like my wife is. Is she just like I don't know? He needs a big screen. I don't know what the fuck this pro thing is. But man, she got a great deal. She got like a hundred dollars off through just like stacking promotions and Target red cards. And she even called Target today because they lowered the price by thirty dollars. And she was like, "I'm gonna come in, and you better have my money." And I and I think, I think they will. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Is he getting the pencil, the the iPad, pen, uh, the you know, Mac? Was uh, it Apple pencil? I thought it came like with another hundred bucks. Uh, but uh, you know, does he really need the pencil, <laughs> or can he just use a stylus? What is the deal with this pencil? I don't know. It's Apple. It's got to be better. I've used one. <laughs> I've heard it's good now. Yeah, as, as <laughs> handwriting. Listens to his his Apple boombox and. Uh, That's true. <laughs> I I imagine I'm, I'm imagining in maybe like let's say let's say 2010 they were in the uh, the Apple brand. Uh, review meeting kicking off the you know the new year and they're like all right all right come on uh, f- uh, folks let's just throw some out and someone's like uh it's apple it's got to be better and you're like mm. <laughs> we can't say that out loud can we <laughs> <laughs> so here here's 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 my second thing this is a bit of a bit of a heuristic uh help for those tech people out there so here we are now. I don't. I don't know what they do in the uh, the non the non uh, European Western influenced part of the world, but we're coming up here on uh, on the holidays or the Christmas or yep. Boxing Day, Hanukkah, all sorts of things. I don't know. Boxing Day. We can, we, we can all agree on Boxing Day, right? Is that is that cool? Sure. Right. Oh, it's big in Australia. Yeah. yeah. They're like at the supermarkets. They're like you know, order your Boxing Day catering today. Put it in a box. I'm like, wait, what? Now, now let me, let me go down another rat hole here. What the fuck is a Boxing Day, Matt Ray? <laughs> I, uh, I was afraid you'd ask. <laughs> um, my understanding is it it started in like Victorian England, where uh-huh. um, they, <laughs> where all they, great they, things they... I don't understand started. Oh sure, yeah, definitely. Um, and and it was like you go and you give gifts to your your um employees like you know the help in the house and stuff uh, i don't know I, I must need to go rewatch some mm. down abbey or something to, yeah to so this is notes. this is like that down abbey episode where they're like oh it's the one time during the year where you get 3 hours off enjoy <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly so i i think it's supposed to be like a a day of gift giving charity kind of stuff I see. I see. but you know it's mostly like all right we call it christmas two another day off <laughs> that's all right well, i so- like that now that's a good message we can all get behind yeah so here but, you know it's it- like it's like black friday you know it's now a holiday perfect here's the thing i wanted to ask so as we approach the holiday cheer how do you plan out when to disengage from work? Like what, uh, what are you looking at there now? Now, traditionally, and I don't know, traditionally, there have been some large companies that are basically just like, fuck it. The last two weeks of the year, we're out. Don't even show up because mm-hmm. we know everyone's yeah. going to be coasting and it's a bunch of bullshit. And so, yep. and also here's some corporate cheer. Yay. Which I think is a great plan. I don't need to make fun of it, but 
I mean, effectively, am I, am I wrong in thinking that like, uh, you know, you reach a certain, uh, you know, let's say the you're in your 30s plus part of your career in, in corporate world. And basically the last two weeks of the year, you don't work, right? Just hook or mm-hmm. crook. There's no work going on. Is that correct? Uh, well, Australia has a, a different interpretation of that. Um, it's year round as down. I understand it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it depends how the surf's looking. Um, essentially, like Friday, things are going to shut down in this country till January 30th. Mm. Wow. Wow. Love Australia. Yes. It's essentially like, you know, the, the weekend before Christmas all the way to Australia Day. And school starts on the 30th. So, you know, you might as well make a five-day weekend out of it. Wow. wow. And this is like the beginning of summer in Australia, right? Or something? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's uh, it's going to be going to get into the 90s today or as we call it here 35 so my impression and, uh, my impression is for the next uh what would this be 90 day no the next 45 days or so basically every single australian is going to be out there driving for a sign that says the local council advises you not to cross this fence and they're all going to cross those <laughs> fences right that's, that's pretty much what's absolutely up. yeah that's oh funny. yeah yeah but but the thing is it's australia right because over in new zealand they're like Hey, uh, can we schedule you know some some meetings on uh, January fourteenth? And I'm like, I guess so, but I thought we got the month off. <laughs> but man, and, how does that it, work for you? Because you're you know you're sort of I don't know how you want to say it, but you know you're a sales customer client. Oh yeah, position. yeah. So I know you know Chef obviously still U.S. based, and I'm sure they're closing out their year quarterly numbers, right? Because I do think. It depends on your job. Like I know a lot of the salespeople will take Christmas off, but they'll be back next week trying to chase deals. Yeah, and usually, quarter, right? yeah, usually it, that's. And when I say that, it usually means they're chasing like uh, procurement, right? Like the mm-hmm. deals, like you know, all the terms have been agreed to, but it's like, okay, like where is it? Is it illegal or accounts yeah, payable? Yeah. And there's a lot of that going on. So do you do you just not have to do that in Australia, or like how's that working? Well, I mean, we 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 cover our funnel APAC, so you know, we're still chasing deals in Singapore and Japan and New Zealand. Um, and, and the stuff in Australia, like it really needs to close <laughs> before Christmas or it's not closing. Okay. So um, like, it's no January one. It was like December 24th is or whatever. December 23rd. 20 is the last 22nd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, Australia is, is kind of the exception. Um, you know, they, they, uh, they, they like to, you know, take, take the summer off because kids are out of school. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be flying over to the U S on Thursday and, uh, you know, so I'm going to miss my Friday of work and, um, and then, you know, do some time in Austin and then head up to Seattle for, you know, chef has a, a kickoff. Everyone in the company goes to Seattle like the mm. first week of the year. Well, that's you know, nice. Then I come back probably, you know, go back to New Zealand and, uh, you know, and then, then take some more holiday to you know finish up. <laughs> Well, because you know everything shut down. I, I right. Well done. Well played, Matt Ray. Well played. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, vi- visiting family is not a holiday. Sorry. So, so you know, when when you're up there, uh, you know, you're up there in it's Seattle at the chef headquarters, Matt Ray. I want you to do a little channel yeah. check and see if in the the chef offices, if it's possible to get a beer that is not an IPA, and, and oh, you can yeah. report back. Uh, probably right. You know, they they got to have their their Northwest porters or whatever you call mm, them, Northwest right? porters. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Good old little chat. Well, you know, uh, we have maybe a little abridged episode here, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, well, first of all, before we do that, 
I don't think there's really that much relevant news. There's a couple of uh, charts that I'll put in the show notes. There's a good one going over um, the the M and A people at four or five one published a fun little chart that basically shows back to uh, twenty twenty thirteen to twenty seventeen <sighs> the prioritization of uh, types of acquisitions that that have been going and, on. So is that it, yeah? So is that like? what enterprises are spending money on or is mm. that what um M&A acquisition I think oh, this it's is just M&A overall activity M&A. outlook right yeah uh, now I'm sitting there looking at this graphic I, I don't like this graphic yeah yeah well, now <laughs> now this is this is just let me give some context here this is kind of a your fun entertaining graphic uh here so uh, they have a big old database at 451 that just has like all acquisitions and PE stuff forever and I think it's relatively good but it it's like It'll have, you know, like like some small two-person shop in Cleveland probably that was acquired or something. So it's just – it's it's uh, it's got a lot going on in it. And then uh, this is just basically probably a, a little database query about how things are going. And it's showing you that in 2016 and 2017, the most acquisitions, I think – is it forecast change in acquisition spending? Oh, so maybe it's actually spending. It's not a priority. It's how much was spent for that sector. So total enterprise security, it has had the most spending, then mobile technology, sure. enterprise application software. I assume this is like SaaS and off-the-shelf applications, you know, stuff like that. Then you have our favorite category, enterprise infrastructure software coming in at number five. And then the mysterious IT services slash BPO, which sounds like it's something BPO? you can get like a, uh, a rolling stick to stick under your arm for. As I recall, I'm pretty. It's IBM product, right? <laughs> I think that's business process outsourcing. Now, there's uh, a question. Oh, there's gotcha. a question of whether you would put concur in there, or would concur go in enterprise application software? I don't know. I think enterprise. Ooh. Where would ADP go? Would ADP be IT services slash BPO or or not? I I think IT services is going to be like your traditional outsourcing, consulting, mm. contracting. Yeah, no, that would right. make sense. That would make sense. So, yeah. you know, this this chart, since it's based on spending instead of frequency, I don't know if that's. I never took statistics, so I don't know the right the right words to use. Uh, but it's interesting. It's it's interesting because it has. Uh, let's see if I can do math. Four, one, two, three, five years of. Uh, I actually had to count the columns. Five years <laughs> of uh, this prioritization. So it's fun to kind of trace the ups and downs of things. So uh, we got that well, chart. And- yeah, and your internet content commerce like disappeared from 2016 to mm. 2017. Yes, internet commerce mm. done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it just means Amazon finished. Yeah, yeah, and th- and then uh, there's also uh, speaking of charts, uh, your extra notes have lots of this week. Listeners have lots of charts. There's also a combo chart from IDC that basically says in uh, in 2019, public cloud spending will overtake private. Uh, cloud on-premise spending. So there you go. They've called it 2019. That's that's when the big switchover happens, and and it's Nicholas Carr all the way down. It, it'll it'll be great. Uh, so there's there's a lot of logos on that slide, but you know they've collected together a uh, some some fun stuff to look at. So that'll be at softwaredefinedtalk.com/slash/116. I was thinking the other day I need to buy some .pizza domain name, but I bet all the good ones are gone. 
Cote uh, uh, Pizza is probably free. Yeah, and then, you know because uh, you know they're always asking you for an email. I don't know what they do over there in, in in Australia, but they always ask you for an email address at a store. And you know, I do the thing where I've got a catch-all email address. So you know, I was at Patagonia the other day, and uh, normally what I would use is like Patagonia at Cote WTF. But like, I'm a little too embarrassed to say that. So maybe if I had like Cote Pizza, I could be like Patagonia mm-hmm. at Cote Pizza. Do you think? Do you think that's better? Can you get something short so it could be like you know? No. <laughs> Cote dot RS. Oh man, that would be so good. I'm gonna check on Cote Pizza. Oh, oh, oh! Wait, the DNS thing is not not wait. looking not looking it up. Let's see. This is the checking for a domain name as we're talking uh, segment of the mm, show. Yeah. Well, anyways, so what I thought we would do this year, since this is the the last the last uh, show we'll be doing this year, I believe is uh, we should just go over some predictions. We used to do this thing called Wacky Predictions back in the IT management and something. Oh, good times with uh, Mr. John Willis. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were on those, right? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Guest yeah. Guesting. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I as, as, as we'll quickly find out, I think we're too cynical to actually have any predictions. <laughs> <laughs> well... I, I, I did look at my predictions. Um, apparently, I didn't do any last year, but I found my 2015 predictions. Where did you do those? And uh, I, I think we were going to do a show, and I wrote them up, and like, I don't know, it fell apart, and we never did it. So I, I had like oh. unused predictions. Oh, that's good. You know, I went back and looked at my predictions as well. Yeah. Um, this container thing is going to be big. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Kubernetes yeah. did not appear in my predictions. I, I was looking at the, the last uh, predictions I did as an analyst uh, at 451 oh. Research, and I had a whole section on containers and DevOps and, and things like that. So I, I, was, I was doing pretty good then. I, yeah. It, it, must, it must have been accurate. Yeah. So, uh, like, uh, you know, I was also reading. Uh, a bunch of Gartner predictions. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone someone was kind enough to point a bunch of those out to me. And man, there were some of them. I, I, I saved, I didn't get around to reading the best one, which is this 32-page monster of like general IT stuff. That's the one I really should have read. Uh, but I let, let, let me let me go through a few of them that I, that I think are relevant. One, uh, I'm not going to detail this one, but man, there was a lot of AI in predictions. And one of my favorite ones, and again, I'm not even really going to quote it because I, I think it's ridiculous, but but basically there's going to be some AI stuff over the next couple of years involved in helping developers out, even coaching them about better ways of mm. doing things, maybe even writing code. I mean, it's just, it, there's going to be AI involved in that. And and to the- This to, was your, your prediction for 2017, right? Yeah, that's exactly. Lots okay. of AI. Or, or yeah. I, I I basically uh su- you know I I predicted what the prediction was going to be uh for, from the analyst people <laughs> for for sure. But meta, meta predicting. I mean, have you heard of this notion, Matt Ray, that that there's going to be some like yeah. AI involved in software development? Yeah, it's going to like you know make sure my uh, syntax highlighting is right. <laughs> <laughs> in the. Uh... But doesn't it feel like I don't know? That's this one feels like almost immediately just DOA to me. Kind of like the was last year the year of the chatbot. Was this the year? Like, are we I finishing think that was out? Two like, years ago, right? I think two I, years ago was chatbots. And okay. but is that officially? Do do people feel like that's failed? Like, you know, Facebook withdrew some stuff, or is that 
Like, where are we at on that? Like, what's the state of... I, I think it went over the hype cycle and fell off the other side, right? Mm, you know, so it's, it's just uh, done, right? Okay. Yeah. It was like, it's going to be huge. And then it's like, oh, you know, people don't really... They close that window and they don't chat with our bot. Um, but I, I don't know. I met, I met someone last week who said he, he was a chatbot developer. Well, okay. that's what I'm saying. It, you know, it went down the hype cycle and it bottomed out and probably it's one of those things that, yeah, people are going to use it, but it's not going to change the world. It's just oh, like, you know, it's okay. part of the background of IT now. Yeah, I think I think maybe what what he what this person was saying is is they were working on was like doing business through Messenger and and things like that and that it was caught up in like legal somewhere and they were still sorting that out. <laughs> <laughs> which it just always no, seems like weird great. right like what yeah, no no nobody wants to friend an airline <laughs> i want yeah. to know what the lawyer is saying like what's even caught up you're just like what what do you want to do no yeah. that's just not a good idea yeah i you know that maybe maybe that is like some fun lawyer theoretics to think about because I, I imagine the whole thing is like well one the boring part is like so is this just straight up illegal is there a law somewhere in, that's like <laughs> section 1.79a you cannot use chatbots, right? Like just, yeah. and which which is probably not the case. They're and, like in in seventeen states, it's against the law to be friends with a bot. That's right. <laughs> God didn't create no chatbot. Yeah, but uh, yeah. anyhow, um, oh sorry, just bumped, got too excited there about things God said and not said. Um, and and so it seems like so. Then the next thing you're going to figure out is like, so how are we going to get fucked by this? Like, how could we get sued based on doing these things? And that that's probably, like, theoretically fun to, to work on that stuff. But still, it's kind of like, like, I, I mean, I guess I guess we're proving that this is not the case. Like, it's not the there's no, like, really good analogies uh, for tech in the legal system, because I feel like every single site you go to, there's like that clippy thing that knocks on your screen and it wants to chat with you. Right. And so, like, how is that different than than a chat bot? I don't know. It's very, very. Yeah. Chatbots, am I right? Uh, yeah. Chatbots, dead. But I do think back to the AI thing, you know, I'll, I don't know, I did look at the Gardner stuff and it's, I don't know, I find that difficult sometimes to consume, but maybe a prediction, a simple prediction would be, you know, AI doesn't get widely adopted until we stop talking about it. And the best example I've seen so far would be, you know, the, I have the new iPhone with the face ID. And as I understand it, every time that, you know, it, it doesn't like unlock your phone and then you put in the passcode. It you know basically takes that as like a learning moment, right? Where it says, Oh, okay, that was probably you. So let me look at that image mm. and try to build the model better. And it's like those, I think that's the thing that's going to happen more is that there is going to be more. So there's obviously a lot of machine learning out there and that there's going to be more collection and ongoing learning, but people aren't going to talk about it as much. I don't think like Apple, for oh, example, but, is talking about I mean, it as much. Apple's not, but I mean Alexa and and you know Google Voice and you know all those all those bot. I mean that's just instead of being you know text interface, they've moved into voice and it's caught on faster there, right? Yeah, so I think maybe that's the way. I mean, I guess that's just sort of like the prediction is that like is forget AI, it's all about machine learning. And then the the next position is is that yeah, like that there are like it is ongoing a lot now in places that people aren't talking about whereas like people are always worried about like the sentient uh, ai robot to take over the world and that's you know it's sort of like just it's just a noise right but what is happening just what you i agree is like you know we just gave a couple examples right alexa face id 
um, and you know, really, image recognition seems just in general the one that's maybe the first. Like, I think that's the one that has the biggest area to catch up. Whereas voice is pretty good, and I think it'll get better. But I think image recognition is not that good. It could be a big step forward this year. Hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, we kind of talked about this in uh, our uh, exegesis episode last week, where uh, I was going to say Ben Bradley, but Ben Evans uh, kind of ludicated some good actual uses of machine learning and then also said that everyone needs to downshift. They need to calm down about this artificial intelligence and just call it machine learning, which I think right. uh, I, I think I think that's accurate. But yeah, so there was a lot of predictions from Gartner about how AI was going to uh, help out with your coding. Now, they did say, don't worry, Scrum Masters are safe. I, I, I went to go read the interpretation of it, but I, I, I think, uh, I don't know, ineffable human interaction or, or something. So so I should leave that on my resume. Yes, definitely. Definitely. You know, although if I don't know if you all remember this, but uh, your Scrum Master certification expires every now and then. So you might need to. Oh. I am pretty sure, though, that your chef, your chef certificate of awesomeness does not expire. So uh, that's true. Good. Got that going on. Cause yeah, I, I think, what would that have been like 2000, 2002 or something? No, no, even earlier. Wait, it was way a PMC, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 2003 or four or so. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Well, good times. So yeah, you know, good I'll, times. I'll, I'll Certified put some, time. I'll put some links to the, to the stuff in there. I mean, I think, I think the most useful thing that I pulled out, let me, let me find it. It was, uh, it, it was, Basically, this was a side note that they had, but they said by 2020, the, remember, I think this is either the year of Blade Runner or the year of that game, Cyberpunk 2020. I think I answered my yeah. question right there. Shadowrun. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 not Shadowrun. Cyberpunk 2020. Uh, you know, Shadowrun. Yeah, because Blade Runner was 2017, so I think we missed it. Oh, damn it. Now, now, is there some new show that has Will Smith and Orcs in it? I saw an ad for this the other day. I don't know. It sounds that, like a video game. That sounds like something the internet can solve for me. Uh, <laughs> anyways, by 2020, more than 50% of enterprises will run mission critical, comma, containerized cloud native, cloud native with a hyphen. Copy editors take note. Applications in production up from less than 5% today. So is that a, is that a dependent clause at the end? I, I never paid attention to that. But like that last part, that's some good stuff. Gartner's throwing out only 5% of uh of enterprise mission critical applications are containerized that's that's a little 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 nugget there you can chew on yeah yeah i think that's actually probably an easy number to hit right because because mm. you've got you've got you know two two and a half years if we call it midpoint 2020 for half the enterprises to put something in a container yeah that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's under the umbrella of Kubernetes, but you know, oh, we threw this in a Docker container, or you know, our vendor doesn't send out VMDKs anymore; they send out containers. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, and we just throw it into VMware, and it runs. Yeah. Huh. Well, that yeah. So so that's pretty good. And so uh, so Brandon, Brandon, let's let's uh, you know, I'll I'll I'll. I'll leave a bunch of my summary of the Gartner stuff in the show notes over at softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 116. Let's get a prediction from you, Brandon. You gave us some some sort of like AI ML stuff a little bit, but give give us another crazy one. <laughs> another crazy one. I don't have any crazy ones. I just I think Docker, the company, right, is yeah. definitely in trouble, you know, next year. I don't know if that's going out on a limb that they just you know, they just raised another round of funding. I know, and I just 
right? Well, because I think, you know, they ended the year with um, the new CEO, right? Got, yeah. uh, and then he was all about uh, replacing VMware. I can't remember what he called it, Cote. I know we did a whole episode of Exegesis on it, but he, uh, he had a good phrase. Um, so I think this is going to be the year of there's just going to be tremendous amount of pains at Docker, the company. So that's, I've, uh, but the obviously the container landscape in Kubernetes is going to, to to continue to grow i do think although we had um uh your friend uh little idea on last week um i just i feel like kubernetes even though i think the technical people you know and say feel feel like it's it's like circled off or if you will it's uh got a good technical foundation i i just feel like it's like what goes into kubernetes is going to change this coming year like i think more stuff that is maybe outside mm, of it gets that's good it's gets consumed by the platform, even though a bunch of people are going to say, well, that's not really necessary. Like, no, 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 you just do this thing and you add this thing on <laughs> and it works. It's like, no, no, I think Kubernetes, like, because I just believe people, like, there's like a vision of, and I give full credit here for Mesosphere, right? Like they have this vision of the data data center, DCOS, right? Data center operating system, right? Where it's just like, it's just this giant computer and it all just works and you don't have to think so much. And I think that vision is being kind of put on Kubernetes, even if that's not what Kubernetes really is. I know it's container orchestration and not all these other things, but I think the market is going to continue to push Kubernetes to like take on more, be more. Um, and I think you're going to see more projects, like if you will, roll into it and really just become like a standard, if you want to call it distribution or package management, I think this time next year, like it won't just be container management. It will actually be these other things that are really considered native to Kubernetes. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, you yeah. know, I was thinking in this in this <laughs> Can't argue with that in in this article that maybe one day the Register will publish about like what's the deal with Google and Kubernetes. I uh, I, I didn't really like I, I I had a section where I was dealing with Docker, but I don't think I really talked talked about them enough, which is unfortunate. So so we'll see we'll see what happens. Maybe one day. They'll publish that maybe next month. I don't know why you wouldn't publish it during KublaCon, you know, be highly relevant, but, but they just, well, <laughs> I like but, it. But subtweeting, you... subtweeting your editors and podcasts. <laughs> Fantastic. <Wow. Yeah. laughs> Send me more. That's I right. thought we already, yeah. I mean, does that mean you'll still get to get the iPad or what? Oh, Hey, whoa. Hey, whoa, I... whoa. No, that was the uh, American airlines. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Credit cards. So I, I, I had, I, had, I, had, I had, well, I, I've, hopefully I've, the CFO of Cote incorporated isn't listening to this podcast. Now, there could be, could be some potential clawbacks. No, no, this, yeah, this, yeah. this raises, this raises, raises uh, one of our favorite Beecham's first law of business. You, uh, you, you can't eat the plan. You got to eat the, the other thing. If, if I remember. So, yeah. yeah, I actually, I build for both of those, right? So those are billings that I have, but it is, is correct that cash has not hit my account, as it were. <laughs> so I'm, I might have to call uh, my accountant, call a collection agency, call up. Call net up 90 cash. or what do they call it? Yeah, yeah, just just <laughs> net. They're, they're pretty good, actually. They're like net 30 or so. They, they, they pay up pretty well. Good, good people to work for. So uh, let's see. Well, you know, I, I've I've been uh, I'll have to find this link again, and I think it was written by a um, a pivotal person actually. Uh, yes, yeah, someone verified this the other day when I said this uh, in a pivotal setting. But but I think I think there's there's going to be a, a continual discussion of like DevOps is actually not real, and what people are talking about is like having SRE people who like know how to program and automate, and their operations people. But this idea 
and and maybe everyone who's like you know neck deep in the DevOps world is like, of course, I don't even know why you're mentioning that. It's so ridiculous. But like, (laughs) I think there is a perception, maybe because it's right there in the name, that uh, DevOps is all about having a team of developers and operators sit together. Whereas I think, in fact, I don't don't know if that really happens very much. And and I think the SRE view of the world where you have, uh, I'm repeating myself, the SRE view of the world seems seems more accurate. And especially as... um, Brandon's prediction comes true. I think, I think, uh, and you have platforms and things like that. I think there'd be a lot less need for developers actually talking to operations people. And we'll be like, it's not so much that there isn't a wall. It's just that we're much better on the other side of that wall at deploying your stuff. Uh, and, and so maybe, uh, the wall will exist, except it'll be, it'll be, it'll be like the, uh, the Trumpian wall. It'll be like, we got some ladders and solve that problem. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a service desk for that wall. Right. Well, picking up on that one a, a little bit, like I saw uh, Kelsey Hightower, right? He, he put out a tweet. You know, I don't, I don't know. He's such a nice guy. I don't really think he subtweets, but it was it was just around that, um, you know, he just was kind of like saying people return, will return to the monolith after they realize just how complicated, you know, essentially containers and distributed programming are. So that, I mean, that's, you know, I guess his prediction or, and I think it's kind of interesting. So maybe that's just the, you know, the, the oncoming backlash against Kubernetes and just, just, you know, kind of cloud native applications, I think probably is somewhat inevitable. So, you know, kind of like, I, I think do we, in a year, we're going to hear a lot of like, you know, right tool, right job columns where people are like, well, it's not good for everything, but it's good for this. And like, yeah, it's more complicated than you thought. If you're just building a a, a five line program, don't, you know, deploy like 5,000 containers. And um, so I think that's interesting for him because obviously he's, you know, maybe as bullish on containers as anybody or certainly Google is. I mean, I agree and I disagree, right? There's, uh, I'm not going to name names, but I was um, at a, a, a uh, company that was doing their iteration planning and they had a an entire team dedicated to load balancing and <laughs> I was mm. like holy crap right that's that's like you know four different kubernetes projects fighting over who does it the most you know performant and you know these guys have you know salaries tied up in you know connecting applications to firewalls or you know to to yeah to firewalls and so it's just like wow it's <sighs> um the future is uh not going to be evenly distributed and i think the people who don't um catch up are never going to catch up they'll just disappear uh, yeah. so well I mean, well let me you know, let me uh, in max timken style let me read you a passage from the otherwise um, uh, trying Gartner Paz prediction PDF. It, go, it goes goes a little something like this. It's talking about they're they're rating their prediction from 2015 that through 2017, fewer than 25 percent of large IT organizations will deploy a valid private Paz. Right, so they'll get. They're saying by 2017, fewer than a quarter of, of organizations won't get all the benefits of PaaS and they won't have deployed it well. They'll be fucking up PaaS, basically. And then they say, these capabilities benefit the organization and are a positive IT development, but they do not alone amount to a cloud experience. Their challenge is typically organizational. 
A private cloud requires a division of the IT organization into provider and subscribers, an establishment of a strict separation between them via cloud services portable and suitable cross-charging model. So basically they're saying like culture and you need to highly standardize and centralize on a platform. Otherwise, just like you would in the public cloud, otherwise you're not going to get any benefits, which I think I think is a, a pretty accurate little passage, right? That like all yeah. this stuff that we always talk about, unless you actually like change the dumb shit that you're doing, you're still going to be doing the dumb shit stuff to be all Confucian, right? Like it's just, <laughs> it's just like, you, you can't just install, it's, it's not like, uh, it's not like the old days of VMware. You can't just install this stuff and be done. And so I think, uh, I don't know, that, that, that seems like a good summary of, of the difficulty of, of actually improving and why maybe all these new technologies don't have uh, wonderful, mega impactful stuff. And then, and then to, to our friend's point, people just are like, fuck it. Let's go back to the monolith. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think the only places the monolith is safe is where there's no competition. Mm. Right. And so, you know, your, uh, government agencies, your monopolies, um, that's about it. I mean, if you're competing with other people, you're going to have to move faster. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're, and when I say monopolies, there's a lot of monopolies out there, right? There's companies that don't feel competitive pressure, even though you think they have competition. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that rolls out. But I think there will be a continuing expanse between the haves and the haves nots. And, the you know, you want to make sure you're on the right side of that expanse. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I do think inside that, all of this discussion, though, is sort of maybe the you know, the confusion or like the potential for like what we maybe call container management today and the paths, right? Those layers. And that's, I guess, kind of back to that uh, DCLS metaphor. It's like, you know, I think this is a year where, again, like, I don't think it gets figured out, but there's going to be a lot of thinking about like, what is that? Like, what is the relationship between these two? Yes, everyone's going to like try to layer in the container management system inside their paths, but like, at what point does that start to like grow up and actually change the paths or change how we start to think about it? Because that, to your point, like I think when that happens, Matt Ray, then as it becomes more clear to where people should go, like kind of how they should do it, I think mm-hmm. it'll go faster. Whereas today, I think it is, while there are a lot of benefits, I do think a lot of people are sort of like looking at like a bunch of like a tools in a toolbox, like a little unsure what to do, right? Like, well, right. do I do this or do this? And like, as that becomes more structured, it'll that should increase adoption but i do think it's probably at least another year of 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 discussion and and just like you know i don't know lots of different people trying lots of different things oh yeah i mean i i totally agree with that it has to be very consumable by you know the not by everybody but it has to be something that a large enough um market of si's and integrators can do it for enterprises because uh, the enterprises will have trouble hiring those people and, you know, they'll say they want these things, but, you know, they won't put the required effort in themselves. And so they'll kind of continue to keep on keeping on until somebody does it for them. And I don't, I'm not saying that's a good pattern. <laughs> I just right. think that that's like a market reality. And I think the companies that are going to do well are probably not going to outsource much um, or, you know, be very uh, tactical in it and not strategic. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's some subtweeting. <laughs> <laughs> like it. 
Well, uh, so let's let's do one uh, temporally related thing, and then we'll get to recommendations. So, if 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 you were to give people some like last minute holiday gift advice and or suggestions, mm. what 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 would they be? Who wants to start? <laughs> related to the IT industry? No, no, or... just just in general, just in general. Uh, How about Brandon. yourself? Why don't you start, Brandon? Well. I'll give you some uh, some real time feedback on my suggestions that didn't work. So mm, I'm, I'm lucky good. enough. I'm I'm uh, I think I'm lucky enough and privileged enough to like really have a lot of material things in my life. I've uh, I typically just buy the stuff I want, and it's a great position to be in. And when people ask me for you know like ideas, you know I, I I've tried to be more thoughtful about like what do I really want and what is it. So what I don't like to buy myself are like digital subscriptions to things because I just feel like ah, it's going to get on my credit card. I'm going to forget about it. So, um, so this year I asked for like um, some subscriptions to like you know different things. Like there's some uh, subscription sites like the New York Times. I was like I'd like to have a subscription to that. I'd like to have a subscription to this uh, site called The Athletic. Uh, I've, I'm one of the few. I've just used like the Amazon free music. I don't have the the Prime music or Spotify. So I was like be great if someone got me some one of those because I just don't like to buy them, but I do want to try some of them. So the gift I was hoping was someone to kind of like relieve me of this like burden I have. Like I don't want to get locked into subscriptions, but I want to try these things. So I gave this out as feedback of things I wanted. Universally hated. No one will do it. <laughs> no one will give uh, it to me. Yeah, it's yeah. not a thing that I can open. I've been told and I'm aware of that. I'm aware yeah, that yeah. you can't open it. And uh, like if you're like under the tree or I guess whatever holiday you want, like there's nothing physical to give I, to someone. Uh, yes. um, and so uh, so this is, again, like return me to like something I guess I already know. It's like gift giving really isn't about the person getting it. So, again, mm. it's just like I'm going to get stuff that. It's, I'm sure people put time into it. I know they put time into it, but I, I probably don't. Yeah. You know, I don't want it. So I was trying to convince everyone. It's like you're you're not just giving me the the thing. You're actually like relieving me of this mental burden because I don't have like I can just try it out. Like there was a time where people were giving out like Netflix subscriptions. You know, this is like when Netflix is like that was cool, right? You're like, all right, I'll try it out, and then then you felt good about continuing the subscription because you like mm-hmm. it, or you or you just got rid of it. So. So my recommendation, although of that is just, just give up, man. You got to go. Like if you don't need stuff, fine. But then just go to Amazon, Yeah. you know, get some ideas of the best sellers and things that you could possibly use, right? And give people the opportunity to give you physical gifts. Do not ask for digital gifts. No one wants to give them. I would give them happily, but I think, I, yeah, I, I'm in the yes. minority. So uh, my recommendation is to suck it up, you know, get that tie, get that sweater, socks, underwear shoes i don't know what it is just suck it up have fun with it and enjoy your physical gift i mean my my i have a rant to go with that i mean but my recommendation is experiences right um you know movie you know, actual like a, a concert or a movie or play you know uh, whatever you can because that way you're not left with a bunch of stuff like living over here in australia having to haul things back and forth uh, is expensive, um, but I'm I'm faced with the exact same dilemma. I'm like, you know what? Here's some good books. I feel gross giving people like, oh, I bought it for you on your Kindle. <laughs> you know? oh, that that and, is and, that to break that is maddening because I I no longer ask for books because I don't want physical books. And I know per mm-hmm. per Brandon's law of gift giving, no one wants to buy me a digital book. 
and, and right, so it's just right. like oh so frustrating and, and i wanted to get like some music for somebody you know this this album and i'm like i don't want to hand somebody a cd you know and you know telling someone oh it'll be in your itunes account is like that just that hmm. now just, i did i so did good. see i did see at the uh, the heb i did see an audible gift card what do you what do you think of that is that a loophole is that an analog loophole for this uh, yeah, I mean it is kind of. Um, I guess because Audible is subscription based, right? Or is it? Well, you store? can buy one off too, but yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's just credit for that. They they still haven't reconciled their back end. They've got some funny business between credit cards you used to pay for Audible stuff versus what you used to buy for Amazon. This is amazing, right? Like this is this peering into the 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 way Amazon actually operates. They're like, I don't know, should we integrate those systems? And they're like, No, why are we still talking about this? Next question. <laughs> just like okay no problem yeah but can, yeah. can we get the zappos guys to use amazon boxes exactly Maybe. what's up with that yeah right like um so experience yeah but the, but 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 i don't have hesitations about giving subscriptions to my kids mm. so maybe that's a loophole you know maybe it's like you know next generation people they're okay with it but yeah um so yeah like uh, uh comiXology for, for one of mine. So. Yeah, you, you you know, as always with your kids, you can take a page from my uh, uh, my yet-to-be-published book called How to Successfully Be an Asshole Dad. And your, uh, <laughs> your, your backup explanation is always like, well, how about no gift? Would you rather have no gift if uh, kids don't like it? So there you go. Put that in your chapter. Well, speaking of kids, I, hopefully we will actually follow through this. I know I had my, uh, my iPad debacle uh, earlier. Uh, this this mm-hmm. this time here, but Kim and I were talking about gifts to give to our uh, our nieces and nephews, and of course, you know, what do you buy for teens? Like, who knows, right? Like, and 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 I was suggesting, uh, you know, you they want to get gift card. Gift cards are a good thing, another loophole. But then you got to pay like a five dollar fee to get a generic gift card, which is that's like crazy. Talk that's, about that's- like rent robbery. Yeah. Yes. So I was telling Kim, well, we should just give them cash. And and she had that hesitation as as I think even I would have right. It was just like oh, yeah. I don't know. And 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 so I, I was thinking about it. like that does seem a little weird to give cash. And I was thinking like, well, at all points in my life, if someone gave me cash, would I be upset? And the answer was <laughs> no. I will always gleefully accept cash. I always want cash, right. and especially if you're like a teenager and you don't have a lot of money, like someone just gives you cash, it's like payday, right? And so like, mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty sure you can just give cash and that's totally cool. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't do the, uh, the gift card thing. Also, you know, grandparents are always just giving you cash. So, so that's cool. I don't know. What are the, I wonder if the millennial grandparents give cash or if they put a lot of thought into it. And, but uh, I don't know. So that's my suggestion. Just give out cash. Now, Kim was classing it up. She's like, I'm going to go get some crisp bills. I would have just like looked in my wallet Gave them <laughs> I'll be like, uh, hey, you guys want Australian money or America? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was cleaning out a bag the other day, and uh, I found some some Thai bot uh, in one of my bags, which I don't, I don't know there what I'm going to do with that. Well, uh, just just a few little, little uh, meta notes here. So first of all, we've successfully emailed out two editions of our newsletter. So you th- should look into that. If you go to software to find talk, and you'll see a link to newsletter up there, and I'll put it in the show notes. You can subscribe to that. There'll be like uh, things we talked about here, and other links, and and other little little uh, doodads in there. But 
you know, who doesn't want a newsletter in their inbox? It's great. It's another thing you can not read. And every now and then you can uh, look at it. I think we got like 127 subscribers now, which actually is from my old uh, newsletter list, but that's fine. I think I think we have two net signups, but you should look into that. Sign up for the newsletter, and uh, I think I'll email one out at, at the end of this week. And then, as always, if you want to uh, join in on the conversation, if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash Slack, you can invite yourself to the Slack channel. That's that's always a good time. And uh, there's, a, there's a couple of other, uh, you know, we mentioned we had our, our pay for, uh, um, you know, Patreon thing. You can sign up for like a dollar or five dollars. Five dollars is probably pretty good. And more or less every week, uh, we take we take a white paper or a press release, a presentation, some sort of artifact of the tech world, and we do a very close reading and explanation of it, hence calling it the Software Defined Talk Members Only White Paper Exegesis Podcast. Uh, and not always a white paper. Not, that's right. That's right. But, you know, this that's in the title. This is a problem with picking titles early on. But we just look at a uh, uh, I forget what they call it in the liberal arts, but a thing, whatever that entity is, an artifact. Um, and uh, and then finally, uh, we have a uh, live recording January 16th at the Cloud Austin meetup. Uh, I don't think you'll be there, right, Matt? You'll be back uh, in Australia nah. not working or maybe in New Zealand yeah, taking a meeting. Maybe New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I'll, I'll be in Austin until the 6th. Yeah. So we're going to have uh, Tasty Meets Paul on there as a guest and uh, we'll see how that goes. But you should come. It'll be a live audience. We might even have T-shirts by then. We'll have stickers. Uh, and also we'll have T-shirts at some point that you'll be able to order. We'll still, uh, we're still working on that. Oh, and on that note, uh, Brandon reopened the survey because uh, we were noticing that our pie chart is just full of, uh, of males. And so if, if you're not a male, it'd be great if, if, uh, if we could just deign one thing, if you could go and fill out the survey so that we're not just a uh, total male pie over there, it would be nice to uh, balance that out. And, and, and if, if you want to, if you're one of these, uh, one of these non-males filling out the survey, give us, give us your t-shirt size and, uh, and, and maybe a color you want. We'll see if we can order something up special for you, uh, just for that. Uh, and then also, uh, we don't really have any conferences going on. I was going to go to a cloud Austin meetup conference tomorrow night, but my daughter has her ballet re- recital. So I'm not going anymore. So you'll miss my five minutes of glory. Thumbs the brakes. Yep. So sad. Uh, that was a strange voice. I don't know what happened, Matt Ray. So, Matt, what is your yes. recommendation this week? Uh, my recommendation is uh, the the music site Pitchfork. Um, I stumbled on this, and I used I used to read it a lot, and you know, kind of fell off in, in my listening. But uh, they actually record and publish a lot of concerts, and very you know professionally produced and everything. Um, and if you know if you're into live music and uh, you're not always there. Um, yeah, they, they've got a lot of good content. Um, my the one I especially enjoyed was the Icelandic band Sigurus uh, playing live at the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Los Angeles. Um, so there's a link to that in the show notes. Uh, they've got uh, you know I downloaded a bunch of other ones to to watch in the future. But uh, yeah, Pitchfork's got a great cross section of lots of different music stuff, and 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 also they, they've got the uh, this is just going to turn into all Pitchfork. Um, They've got their five minute like deep backgrounds on different albums on like classics. Mm. And so, uh, you know, they had like, uh, you know, five minutes on uh, Jay-Z's blueprint and, you know, five minutes on uh, my bloody Valentine's loveless, you know, that kind of stuff. Those are really good too. So I, I definitely enjoy those. This, this is, this is a good reminder over there in the parking lot. 
somewhere somewhere behind the line of the son what the fuck book and and also the uh, the aforementioned how to be a real <laughs> asshole dad uh collection yep. memoirs you know i've got another book i'm i'm slowly forming the basis of it but i think this is helping me matt ray i ask this question every now and then it's just like it's it's maybe the the working title is the pursuit of culture colon why so like uh you know that's 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 i you know five minutes on an album like i'm not debating that that's good i think that's totally awesome but it's just like i feel like there's this whole section of of life that's just like well that's the point of life is you just like you want to learn how uh jay-z's blueprint album was like that whole podcast the incomparable is 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 gonna an analysis of that podcast is gonna take up like three chapters of my book just like what is going on here (laughs) i don't even understand this and then and then like sometimes you go into people's house and they'll have like these funny pictures of like uh, the Adventure Time people, or they'll have pictures of themselves as as zombies or something. And like, I see that there's something wonderful going on there, but I just I don't I don't I don't know what it is. Is it, that used to be called like fandom or something? Or I don't know. Maybe it's the mainstreaming of fandom that I'm just like I don't know what's going on there. I don't get it. But then but then conversely, you know, ballet. What's up with that? Right. Like, again, not that I think it's terrible, but this like deep passion that people have for like dance or classical music or anything really beyond just like beyond just like I'm sitting here with my headphones on, like enjoying it. But then there's this whole other world of like and then I'm going to pursue billions of dollars in meta commentary about it. So says the person who's built his (laughs) career around meta commentary about the IT industry. So. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe this I is mean, like this is kind of like an Alan Alan De, De Bottoms book. Maybe a good like ninety page book. Like I'll go sit in Heathrow and uh, muse on this. And <laughs> she'll be like, "Dear business people, there's this whole world called liberal arts, and the rest of the world enjoys what they call culture. Yes, it can be packaged and sold." <laughs> oh my God! You you need to write the forward to this book, Matt. You've nailed it. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no, I mean, yeah. Well, I think I think Brandon has dropped off to get his holiday started. <laughs> Are you still? No, there? I'm here. Okay, I'm what's, ready. What's what's your recommendation? <laughs> uh, well, a couple things just before I get to recommendation. One, uh, I got a lot of feedback on the T-shirt. So, hey, I put a bunch of different colors in the Slack general channel. So, if you have an opinion, you can now vote on gray, Heather gray, Heather blue, Heather red, or black. See which ones you like in there, and we'll we'll maybe have a mixture. Two, we um, sent out a bunch of stickers and still happy to send out stickers. So if you want a sticker, we had someone do it today, um, hit me up on Slack to skim your address and we'll make it happen. And that leads me to my recommendation of uh, I'm going to recommend the United States Postal Service. People, it was fine. I mailed out about 50 things the other day. Uh, it was very simple. I just went to the post office. I was, I was there kind of by myself. Used the automated machine. I had to send out a bunch of stickers internationally. So Gave me a chance to like learn a little bit about geography, about states and uh, provinces and <laughs> zip codes in uh, Australia, uh, uh, Canada, Sweden, the UK, and um, I think that was it. And of course, the United States. So wow. uh, I, I would just say one quick, quick little, little lesson for everyone: you can pretty much send anything uh, from the United States for a dollar fifty, and it, anywhere they deliver mail, for the most part, you can send a sticker. So not bad, not bad, uh, not bad at all. So. 
I have no how I how no idea how long it will take to get to some of these places. So Sweden, Australia, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks, but they're out three there. Weeks. So Australia, th three weeks. Okay, all right. Well, then uh, that's right. I guess you all be on holiday. So when you come back from your holiday, <laughs> <laughs> you should. And everyone got two stickers, at least two, if not more. So your job is to put one on your laptop and then give one to somebody else. Yeah, and you got to so take I, a, take a picture and send it to us somehow. You yes, put it, put it yeah, in Twitter, absolutely. email us, put, put it, it in, in Slack. Twitter's Print it Instagram. out and mail it to us, whatever you like. Yeah, and if you mail it, dollar fifteen. That's what it's going to cost from the international place. <laughs> so I just want to say, people give people are always down on the post office, but I was like, I found it very nice. I uh, I used the automated thing because I I I'm kind of an idiot. I didn't really know that it was always a dollar fifteen. So I was putting in zip codes for different parts of the world, learning about like, oh, it's just a dollar fifteen everywhere. So uh, <laughs> probably could have saved some time if I had known that, but that was my fault. So yeah, so I like the post office. No need to use any other. You know, podcast advertisers just go to the post office, and then of course, you know what it turns out. I need more stamps. You know what the post office is to do? Just order online. They'll mail it to you. Amazing. You don't even have to do anything. It just shows Dude. up. You don't need. Dude. You don't need complicated. What? There's no login or anything. Just like they just just mail now, it to now, you. Now, now do it. they take if if you order a book of stamps online? Do they just open the book and take one off the front and put it on the envelope when they mail it to you? I don't, that's a good question um but yeah so it's very easy like you know you're not gonna believe it the man the, the post office very easy they'll mail stuff to you if you order it it'll just, it's easy that's how simple it is so wow. so that's my recommendation for uh, christmas season go use your united states Postal service um they're doing a good job down there that is there's some high level recursion in there to blow your mind with is the post office will mail you stamps so you can mail things at the post office but like, do they charge you? <laughs> Man, I hope not. That would, that would be hilarious. I will say I learned people, there is somehow stamp arbitrage. I guess Matt Ray probably knows about this, but like people evidently will order on Amazon Prime books of stamps that are then, I assume, mailed to them, right? I, I don't know if they go uh, UPS or whatever, but then there's quite a bit of markup. So it's like, I don't know what these people are doing. Like, why are you ordering stamps? on prime and then having them is, is that's that is a weird business that needs to someone needs to look into mm. all right well i got i got a, i think three recommendations here uh you know i edit the podcast so i can break the rules uh first of all i was eating this earlier uh before we were recording and brandon commented that it felt he he heard it so well that he felt like he was eating it uh which, which is good so i i, I call, i'm gonna call it cote's diy home office trail mix right now when, when you have to record a podcast and you've got this rigorous hike from the downstairs kitchen up a a, uh, a curvy staircase, and man, you're winded and you got to come all the way to your little office to plug in, uh, you're going to need some trail mix for some energy, right? That's a tough trail. So what I recommend is you get some of those broken up pecan pieces available at HEB and other lesser stores and uh, mix it with some raisins and you can put it in one of those Ikea sized kid plastic bowls and you got yourself a perfect little trail mix snack right there. Just, just there made up go. on your own. Now also in the food area, it's been a while, I think, uh, since I had a Costco recommendation, you know, if you've been, if you follow me on Twitter, you see those ribs. I, I had those recently. That's, that's always good. But I finally tried just what I'm going to call the stock Costco bacon. Right now, you know, they usually have three to four types of bacon, including a turkey bacon. And every now and then they'll have like the no nitrate bacon, but they always got some like apple smoked bacon or something else. And usually I buy the fancy bacon because I feel like I'm a fancy person. Right. 
But today, not today, like recently I just bought the pack of like five regular old bacons. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to buy these bacons and suffer the consequences. But it's actually really good bacon. It looks like it's really thin and it would just melt away. But uh, it's it's thick enough that it cooks really well. Use the old bacon method of, you know, 400 degrees for about, in my oven, about uh, 12 to 14 minutes. The bacon cooks perfectly, tastes delicious. So the Costco stock bacon, just get that. You'll be fine. And then also, if you're going to go read through a a bunch of prediction pieces and other uh, word salad nonsense from analysts, I highly recommend, and I don't know if, Brandon, you got that Spotify uh, subscription, but I highly recommend a little, a, a series of three volumes that I put together over the years called Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock Volume 1. Very good for listening to that. It's the only thing that's going to keep you sane while you're reading this word salad of PDFs. So <laughs> I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, and then you can just power through the predictions for next year so Kurt you hey. can plan your strategies. Kurt, hey, Michael McDonald has a new album out. I heard that. You know, uh, we, si- <laughs> we signed up. We signed up for the uh, I'm Rich level of contributions to KUT uh, last year, and they sent uh-huh. out an email that Michael McDonald was going to be in Studio 1A, but we didn't click on it within 30 seconds to secure a spot. So I was very mm. excited for just a little bit there. That, that would have been wonderful. Man, that guy's great. Uh, so uh, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, it's uh, at softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 116. You know, like I said, there's a Slack channel you can join, all sorts of things like that. Now, just as a little editor's note, uh, you know, we had some difficulties earlier, so it was a little choppy, but everyone hung around, got a got a good hour in here. And I feel like I was a little spacey earlier, but I don't want to, so I want to give an explanation for this. I actually went and looked up and registered Cote.pizza, so I'm all set. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Oh.